0: North. Disco! That's two shows in a row with a disco intro. I, I do miss Fet's Vet a little bit, but I just love disco. Disco's so happy. Put on a disco song when you get home tonight, and if you're in a bad mood, and try not to smile. Just do it. I dare you. But don't put on some of that sappy, like, BG shit. Like, go full-on disco. Happy disco. Middle of the 70s. I guarantee you, you won't be unhappy during it. It's like that joke from Daniel Tosh. Like, money can't buy happiness, but money can buy a jet ski, and I've never seen anyone unhappy on a jet ski. You'll smile as you run into the pier. That's disco. All right? You can't be unhappy and listen to disco. You can stamp that. All right? Welcome to the show, everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed the last episode. This one is actually on time again, and I'm actually recording it early so that you guys get content on time. That's what I do for you. That's me being a generous host to you. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys are enjoying the new content and the new show. I really do appreciate it. Make sure to share on social media and interact and everything like that. Don't forget the voicemails. Voicemails, you can leave us a voicemail at uh, 650-762-8080. We'll play them live on the show. I'm actually recording this one a little bit early, so we don't have any voicemails to play, but I promise I'm saving them and all of them will be played on the next show, 650-762-8080. Also, check us out on Discord, discord.gg forward slash ccv. Like I said, we're everywhere, so just Google cheat code Visa, and you'll find it somewhere. It's pretty easy. I like that I don't have to like tell you guys all the handles, because Google's just so good at what it does, I can just be like, you know what? Just go ahead and Google that, and yeah, we'll be fine. So, for this episode, we're going to be talking tech. We're going to be talking about what's in our pocket, uh, what are we investing our money in? And just a general discussion around tech. This is one I've wanted to do for a while. I think it's going to be really fun because we're in a weird space with technology right now where you don't have to upgrade everything three months because there's not this huge rapid pace of innovation like it was 15 years ago. So I'm bringing a fresh guest this time. And this is someone you haven't heard from yet. But it's one of my best friends in the entire world. His name... It's just James. James, welcome to the podcast. What's up, buddy?
1: Hi, everybody.
0: Do you know this song?
1: I do not know that song.
0: It's by The Kinks.
1: Oh, I do like The Kinks, though.
0: Yeah, so uh, to to bring everyone up to speed here, I googled cool British songs, and uh, this was number like three on the list. Well,
1: the modern version of The Kinks are The Kooks, who are also a (laughs) British
0: group. Who are also, yeah.
1: And they're great.
0: I mean, I'm going to thumbs up this on my Spotify.
1: It's, yeah, it's very Beatles-esque.
0: It is, you know? yeah. It's got it does. a nice, yeah, it's it got does. a nice sound to it. It does I feel, feel like the like Beatles. Yeah, yeah and I, I was, I mean, obviously we could have gone with the, hue, the the Who, but uh, Drew had the Who, so I was like, I wanted to like, mix it up, you know? But, uh, so on the last show uh i asked this guy going nerdy i said hey what what do you want your intro song to be because I, I usually give like a little bit of input if people want like a special song or something you know if they want that tupac or whatever i don't know um whatever these kids are listening to these days um but i he was like oh i don't have a song don't ever tell me that because then i'm it's gonna be like barbie girl or something you know um but i literally googled shit 90s songs and then i, I did third eye blind that's what came up on shit 90 song <laughs> so,
1: Which yeah. one, which
0: track did they choose as the um, shittiest? Oh God. And I hate myself because now all this fucking third eye blind is coming up on my YouTube. Um <laughs> hold on. I'm gonna I feel really terrible doing this because it's one of those songs that gets stuck in your head and then like Well, every, it couldn't be semi charmed kind of light. It was that's what it was. Yeah, I was just gonna oh, play man. it. It was fucking semi charmed kind of light, yeah. Whatever great? the actual title was. And then we went on this whole tangent about like you only hear that song in Kohl's now, and like it was a whole thing. And then I, I had joked that like Coles owes me money because we talked about it like 40 times. So now Coles owes me more fucking money because it's the second show in a row that I'm promoting Coles <laughs> for free. So, anyways. Uh, uh, so I've uh James, how long have we known each other? It's gotta be 15 years, 10 years at least. Yeah. It's gotta be. Well, so I've um, been at my current job for 10. You were there first, and we knew each other, too. so it's about 12, I would say. That seems about right. Yeah, that sounds about right. So uh, let's start this pod off with what get, what got you started in tech? Like, introduce yourself. Like, tell us what, when you started getting into tech. Like, what's the first moment? Like, if you've worked in tech, like, go ahead, because, you know, people don't know you as well as I do, so.
1: Oh, man, the first moment, you probably don't even know this, but the first moment, I think, for me um, was when I got a – I don't know. I think it was like a E-Machine PC from Staples in
0: circa 1990. Remember now. And wait, wait, was that an E-Machine? Were those like the, was that the, like the, the company that Dell bought where they had like the cows and it was like an E, I think.
1: Well, that was gate. You're mixing gateway and E-Machine oh, together. That's, gateway right. Was, that's right. E-Machine. I, they were like a loss leader budget PC. I don't know. They were like, Take your average PC, make it a little bit worse and a little bit cheaper, and that's an e machine. Um, and they came with like a free printer or something. That was like their big, that was their big thing. It was uh, it's a it was a different world. And but more importantly, I needed it to play. God, I don't remember the game. That's bad. I don't remember the game. But it was probably like some strategy game or something that we could actually like. We could play over the DSL internet that was starting to come online. Command and conquer. Um, it wasn't that one, but that okay. was a good game, too. Okay. And I had that one.
0: Counter-Strike. But it was, yeah. Like, I, I'm not and, sure.
1: It was before all that. I, but I needed a Voodoo 2 card to go into my machine. Um, <laughs> and rules. I needed drivers. And then, like, you know, I think we were shifting from Windows 98 to ME because that seemed like the right thing to do for about four oh, seconds. And anyway, it. so that's where I started. And I started kind of building out PCs and rebuilding them piece by piece. Um, and then I thought, hey. I don't want to go to college. Maybe I could make a living at this. And,
0: uh, but that's an interesting point. So then I neither of us have been to college and we both work at pretty high level jobs in tech. Yeah. That's true. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We both followed the similar path of that.
1: Well, we're both very like hands on and like to get our hands dirty and, and like, you know, you with diesel trucks and, (laughs) and me with, well, cars too. But a lot of that was, you, you were my gateway drug into that. But, um, Yeah, I don't know, like computers or bikes or whatever st- stuff that needs taken apart and put them back together has always been something I've had interest in.
0: Yeah. Um, wait, so wait, do you remember? Yeah. The, do you remember the printer? Was it a Dot Matrix or was it ink? uh it was it was beyond Dot
1: Matrix. Okay. Um, I don't even think those were going into homes. They were so fucking loud. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, like but you, you, you were like, do triplicate <laughs> in one swift pass. So uh, maybe in 03 or 04, I had gotten the idea that I wanted to be like an IT and I went to go get a bunch of my Microsoft certifications and knowing like, again, like you're the same kind of person I am. So I'm just like, I don't need to fucking study. Like, I'm just going to go in. And I remember they put me in a room with a camera and someone watches you take the test and they give you like three pieces of paper and a pencil and they give you a computer. And of course, I like bombed the first certification because I didn't even study and there was a whole and i don't know if you ever got those microsoft certs or not but there was a whole section on dot matrix printing and i remember thinking like who fucking cares (laughs) and
1: i didn't i got hp certifications on printers though randomly nice nice
0: yeah i just remember that like coming home and being like well that that didn't go well
1: (laughs) yeah i didn't do any of them i did the cisco ccna and i did what else did i do i did like A plus certified, which like meant you knew what a computer was. And and how to make
0: cables, how to, how to terminate an RJ45 cable. Remember that? Yeah, Yeah.
1: basically that. And yeah, well that, that's a good segue into my like real first job in in tech, which was in a data center running cat five cables. Yeah. That's where I started at 18, but dude, I was, you know, I got out of school early and got to go do that and make money. So it seemed a lot better than sitting in class. I hated making cables. Yeah. Hated it. But then to summarize, like, uh, to your point, we both worked for a pretty large, um, aircraft supplier, I guess, um, company. And then I spent some time in aviation before I ended up working with these self-driving cars for a little while for a few also major companies. And, um, yeah, now I'm, I'm figuring out what the next thing is. I'm just consulting as you know, but
0: it's cool. It's interesting because, um, I was actually at lunch with a mutual friend of ours, uh, Richard and, uh. He was talking about, he's, uh, I don't know, he bought his wife a Tesla. So they have two Teslas now. And um, we were talking about autopilot. A little pretentious, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, well, it's Orange County. <laughs> Everyone has a fucking Tesla, right? True. I always joke about that because I have, I have a, a car and then I have a $1,400 S10 that we always joke about. And then when I drive the S10, like people treat me differently. Because like I don't have a nice car, but it's so funny. Like I, I'm like I love my S10. Like I love driving it, and it's funny because like you, you pull it next to like a hundred fifty thousand dollar Tesla Model X, and they're just like ugh look at this little person in an, in an s10 like they just instantly he assume, did wrong in life yeah they just instantly assume that like you've made some major like life mistake that you've been forced to drive like this little four cylinder s10 that can only go up a hill at 50 miles an hour in third gear right
1: they're probably like uh oh, if this guy just bought less bright colored shoes he could afford a real car <laughs>
0: uh <laughs> funny I, I, I didn't tell you this actually but uh my girlfriend bought me a pair of shoes we were at dick's sporting goods buying a uh camping stove last night or uh no sunday night sunday night and um there's a pair of shoes behind the counter and Ke- kelly goes uh man those shoes are fucking ugly i think i'm gonna buy them for you <laughs> and then the guy <laughs> the guy goes oh they're only nine dollars but they're a size 13 and she's just like we'll take them like we'll take like it was just like we'll take them uh anyways <laughs> Uh, but it's funny cuz he was talking about self-driving cars and I didn't know that Tesla didn't make a uh, uh autopilot version 1. That was outsourced. Did you know that? I don't know if that's 100% true. It was I looked it up. They they hired another company and apparently version 2 is in-house, but it's worse than version cool. 1. Yeah, that I've heard. But that's crazy. I didn't know
1: it was outsourced. Well, there's a guy either. that I worked with at that- some company who he left Tesla to come work with us. And I knew he was like sort of the, the architect of, of Tesla autopilot version one. Yeah. But maybe he was like the sort of insider uh, at at Tesla, sort of the insider architect. I have no idea. That's, I guess I've never dug into this. You're going to have to point me to something for that. Yeah. I
0: I don't, I mean, I don't think it was just like someone else did it you know like 100 i'm sure tesla had a lot of input but i didn't know the the bulk of the code was outsourced and i didn't know that um it was very strange to me to hear that because it just seems like he elon is so controlling of his product I, I would find it hard to believe he probably just didn't have the cash in the in the facility to to hire all those people right so um probably not at that time no yeah but but that's a well tr- i mean i don't know it's hard to say they're
1: like you know They're definitely spending more than they're bringing in all the time, so. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, It's
0: just the way they're growing. Yeah, I I think it's just, it's an interesting point to like, because you only hear of, like Tesla's just in the news for so much random stuff and you forget that there's actually like a core good product behind there somewhere.
1: Yeah, well, and, and to segue into, I think, where this conversation or this podcast is going, you know, I just learned, even after working for the company, I just learned that Apple, you know, the 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 design and the 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 real intellectual property around the the capacitance touchscreen and the smartphone that was all outsourced that was a you know a local Bay Area um, like boutique consulting group that really did all that work so it's it's kind of interesting but they paid for it so there
0: you go yeah and I I it's interesting to to like see that there's a lot of major companies in tech right now that Outsource, and you'll never really. I mean, it's just like Apple. It's like they they fought with Samsung for a million years, but behind that was always like they made their circuit boards and their their screens because they they were the only ones the screen tech. Like people forget that Apple really isn't a hardware manufacturer. They control their hardware, they design it, but it's like Foxconn and Samsung and all these places, you know. So it's interesting to see that. So, um, I guess you know I had this random thought that. I had jotted down in my notebook, like, oh, dude, it was month, like probably a year ago, and I wrote like a little bit of an article on LinkedIn about it. Um, so, so you might have seen it, but I think this this is a good place to start in the in the in the space we're in now with tech. Um, I was in a meeting; it was just sitting there, and this we were like in the meeting room, and we wanted to project like our slide deck on this TV, and we had an HDMI cable, and. Plugged into this HDMI adapter and it's like HDMI through RJ45 so you can like transmit, you know, like hundreds of feet or whatever. Yeah. And I remember we plugged in and it just worked. And then like two weeks later, we came back and plugged in. And it just worked. And two weeks later, it we came back and plugged. And it was just like, every time we used this adapter, it worked. And I had one in my house for my home theater and I had nothing but problems with it. And I didn't cheap out. Like I paid a large sum of money for it and everything. And it was like, it's funny to me that and this is what I wrote in the article, Like, it seems like in the tech world, especially in the consumer space and not in the commercial side, like 80 to 90% functionality is good enough. And I feel like that's where we're at now in tech. Like all these new features, like when they launch, they're super cool, but they only work at 80 to 90%. And then as they get flushed out, like three years later, they work flawlessly. Like uh, a good example that we were discussing, off pod was uh, Apple AirPlay. Within a year, it was flawless. But it, yeah. at the start, it was like, eh, it was cool when it worked, you know? But it just seems like these people who are testing these products, they come up with these radical new ideas, and then they rush to market because they're so worried about someone coming out with the tech first that, like, 90% is good enough for them. And I, I wish we lived in a world where they could make that 100%, put those resources in, and not worry about some stupid startup or something coming up with the feature first. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's the dilemma of you know, being paralyzed by perfectionism versus like, don't worry, be And I guess we're, we're trying to find that happy medium and maybe that's what people are doing right now, but I'm with you. The frustration it can cause can sometimes ruin the experience and you may not even want to come back to it. Or sometimes it causes people to leave entire, you know, brands or, I mean, not airplay, I don't think, or, or airdrop, but Depending on the feature, it can be like a make-or-break situation for the tech that you're you're trying to adapt. So, well, adopt. The, sorry.
0: Same thing. I mean, uh, we, we I mean we've been discussing a lot about phones. Like I'm an Android user. You're an Apple user. The the mm. attraction to Apple was always its stability and its its core functionality worked. Where Android had a thousand features, but all of them seemed to kind of work. And it was the same thing with like AirDrop. I mean, the ability to like sit next to your wife, girlfriend, friend, and just be like, here's 50 photos in 30 seconds. And then Android, of course, takes that and kind of copies it and it didn't, it just didn't work. Apple, it worked. Out of the gate, it worked and it was awesome and it was flawless. And then the Android one was like, eh, it kind of worked. And now we're at the point like a year later where it just works flawlessly. But it's like that first year you were so frustrated because you're looking at a product you know works and then you're using a product you know kind of works and you're just like, God, if it just worked.
1: Yeah, and it, you know, it was probably sold to you somewhat in the feature set, right? Like, it was a bullet point. You're like, yes, it's yeah. got that. That's awesome. Finally. Uh, but no.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's just like yeah. uh, what was the Apple keynote um, joke. It was always just one more thing. Or, you know, like, there was always that Steve Jobs, like, just one more thing. And then he would be like, boom, and he would drop this bomb. But he had the benefit of, like, I remember he would drop the bomb of, like, and then... Copy and paste. And you're like, dude, that should have been on there three years ago. But yeah. somehow you got excited about it. And I feel like now in 2018, I'm, I'm not excited about that kind of stuff now. The, the pace of innovation has slowed so much where I'm like, you know, eh, I don't need a new phone. I'm pretty happy with the one I got, you know? Yeah,
1: I think it was like a few years ago. I was like, do phones even need to get like faster? Do they need to do more? And the answer is always yes. But I guess it's more... It's, it's a smaller percentage of growth and, and of, of new feature sets, but I don't know. Still, I, I, get, I still get surprised by some of the new features these days. It's still impressive that you know there's, there's, there's new ideas out there beyond what seem already relatively perfect devices in some ways.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and that brings up like the next innovation in phones, and I think you'll agree with me here, is I don't care about processors. I don't care about anything. It's going to be battery tech. It's going to be solid-state batteries. It has to be. Um, the ability to charge do a battery in ten minutes and have all day usage, or like, and and just have that no heat, no volatility. I mean, let's let's be fair with ourselves. The fact that we're carrying around lithium ion in our pocket is pretty crazy. Like twenty years ago, everyone would have been like, "You're insane. You're going to lose your leg." It's it's yeah. a it's a mini bomb, you know. It's volatile, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, look at what's happened to Samsung with the Note, right? It got banned from every aircraft right? yeah i mean it was in the so world. bad yeah that that they just banned everything and then they had to create a whole marketing campaign but that okay that's an actual really interesting segue too because think about what happened in their space and then they literally stopped everything at the company and put everyone on the s8 and i actually have an s8 um i'm i'm kind of a samsung hater we i don't think we want to go down that road but Um, I have an S8, and it's actually a very good phone, and the S7 was a pile of garbage from from what I've heard. So it's funny that when you see these companies dig in when they're losing billions of dollars on a mistake, they put out such a quality product, and we're like, why can't we get that attention to quality every time? Like, why does the company have to be on the line to get that kind of quality, you know? It's the same thing. Like we were just, a, 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 a iPhone 7 and 8, they suck because they put all the engineering resources into the X and the future of like, what is it, the XR, the XS, and the X Max or whatever. And those phones are great, but they just literally like, we're like, we're leaving all this behind and next year you'll get a really good phone.
1: Yeah, they were like air gaps. So like we're filling this air with this model and it, I mean like, come on, the 8 looked the same as the 7, which looked the same as the 6 and 6S. It was it was the same phone carbon copied, so.
0: yeah and all the software <coughs> everything they were just like we'll just deal with that later like we're good like you're going to get an iPhone X and you're you're just going to love with it you know that's what it felt yeah, like anyways from pretty me. much yeah from from yeah. my side of things so i think that's an industry
1: wide sort of you know trend though i think that's just tech in general is that some of this innovation can't happen quickly enough and so yeah you're kind of left in this sort of purgatory for a minute they yeah. can come up with the next thing, or as you know, you and I both know, testing software is sometimes a bit of a crapshoot, or even hardware. And then you think it's good until it gets out and it's really used and utilized in the real world and is exposed to the to the the demands that people put you know these these systems through, and then they start to fall apart. And you're like, well, okay, didn't see that coming. It was working pretty good. We made a few changes, and now it's all falling apart. And I think there's lessons learned from some of that
0: too. Um, anyway. No, yeah, I mean, when we've we've been, I mean, we're both, I guess, our intro in, in the company we were for, we, we were very heavy in software testing. Um, we were very heavy in, like, customer quality. And I think the thing, and I don't know how it works in, like, the cell phone space or anything, but, I mean, the thing I think most people don't realize is that there is a team of thousands of people that are working day and night to test and legitimize that software build. And that you're always finding stuff, and there's a a precipice inside a company where you've done everything you can and you're like, this is your list of bugs. You either release with these and work to address them later or we, we, we delay and I think right. that's, that's the decision. That's like the precipice. And it usually ends up being like, there's a deadline we're just releasing. And I think a lot of these issues that come out, like Apple probably knows about them, but they're thinking like, eh, no one's going to find it because our testers found that and it was so hard to reproduce. And like 30 seconds after launch, people are like, I found a bug. I found it. <laughs> Here right. it is. Just do this and
1: it, and it all crashes.
0: Yep. I, I mean, and I always joke inside, My company, I'm like, when one of my employees um, in my team says like, nope, this is good. It's clean. I'm like, don't make me come down there. Don't don't make me. I will find a bug. There is never a software build released that does not have a bug and I will find it. And I've always like, even if it's like this period is in the wrong spot, like there's a space there. Or like this font is messed up. Like I will find a bug. Don't ever tell me it's clean ever because I will find it. Nothing is clean. And and mm, any anyone can challenge me on that. I will always find it. I will sniff it. I'm like, <laughs> a, I'm like a bloodhound. I will sniff it out and I will find it.
1: Except maybe the code on like an Arduino that makes an LED blink once a second. That might be about as bug-free as you can get as far as the software side.
0: Yeah, but on the back end, maybe it's over logging or something
1: yeah so after th- <laughs> 350 years it just
0: <laughs> yeah. stops. well remember we had uh we had a bug once in a build and i think i think we were working together at the time and it was like every 11th uh cycle of power oh, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about yeah you remember that is it, every 11th cycle of power it would read one one as binary and crash the software do you remember that it would just drop its whole, like, database
1: file and rebuild itself. Yeah. yeah and it would it, take, like, an hour. Yeah. And you're like, what's going on? Where'd this thing go? And then it just came back online. So it's, it seemed at the, and neither of us found the problem. I remember nope. who did, actually. But yep. neither of it was just, like, it, from the outside looking in, you're like, oh, this thing's just, I don't know, it's gone offline. I don't know what's doing. Oh, it's back. And it just felt so random. Yeah. it was somewhat, but it was cool that someone did figure out that pattern.
0: I remember who found it too. And I'm going to say his name because I think he'd be okay with it because he has one of the coolest names in the world. He does. George Beer. <laughs> Literal Fact. last name, Beer. Spelled the same. Nothing. Yep. Not like B-E-E-R-E or something. George fucking Beer. One of the most badass engineers I've ever worked with.
1: And you're definitely not getting out of a DUI if you're pulled over with the last name Beer. <laughs> I,
0: I know. That, that's actually funny though because... Uh in the tech space like we joke a lot about random things because sometimes we work long hours or we just w- w- let's be honest we're nerds so like our humor is much different but i remember thinking that like if you would meet a guy like george he looked like he could punch you into seven pieces and he had like this thick goatee and he was like this big built dude and if you saw that guy walking down the road you'd be like that guy is a fucking lumberjack and then he'd nope. be like nope i can out he's a white shark you. expert yeah. he's like, <laughs> i can outcode code you and like manage database files and i know my SQL code like it was just so funny because that guy walking down the street you're like that guy works on semi trucks <laughs> <laughs> it was just like if you see me i'm just like all arms and legs and gangly and nerdy and like i'm probably wearing two different colored shoes and like you know you're like that guy's a nerd that guy's definitely a nerd like that guy works on computers for like He works at Geek Squad. <laughs> that guy fucking resets passwords <laughs> at Geek Squad. That's actually a, another funny thing because, uh, I mean, everyone at this day and age probably has an IT department that they they interact with at some point in their daily, I would think, right? Aren't we safe to say that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so the funnest place in any workplace, and I'll stand by this, is generally the IT department. They always have... And, I, and again, it might be just my humor, but I remember the first ID department I ever walked into, uh, they had a big poster of Darth Vader on the wall and then they had they had scotch taped like a little speech bubble and it said, sure, I'll reset your password for the third time this week. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> I just remember thinking like, they literally fix printers and reset passwords all day. These people are like gods for having that much patience. Well, I mean... They do more than that, but yeah,
1: that is that is a big part of what they do, which is unfortunate, right? I For mean, sure, I've been there, been there, done that.
0: For sure. Actually, one of my good friends who works in IT, um, he got called into his boss's office once, and his boss was like, um, I need to talk to you on a serious level, and this sucks, but like we need to do it i think the complaint is bullshit but one of your coworkers has complained about you right and if you're you know like you james come and sit down you're you get nervous cuz you're like shit this is my livelihood right like this is how i put food on the table for my family um and right. he goes the person has literally opened up an hr complaint against you and verbatim he read it like i'm just going to say james do like james is turning the volume down on the weefies Wait, what? (laughs) This person opened an HR complaint on the IT person saying they turned the volume down on the Weefies. Like, they were insinuating that there was just this magic volume knob that would adjust Wi-Fi signal and internet.
1: Did he spell it
0: Like, Or are you just adding your own little French flair to this right now? No, W-E-E-F-E-E. Okay. Yep. That happened. That's a real complaint against a real IT person. That's so funny. It's ridiculous. That's too bad. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Are you kidding? Like, I can't even. Turning the volume down on your wi God damn. It's all time. All time. And it is that, really how they say Wi-Fi in France, though. Fun fact. I could There's see the that. wi yeah, because they're, yeah. And you would Wii, know Wii, that because you're cultured. <laughs> because because you're, because you're British, so you're cultured. I'm I'm just an American idiot, right?
1: Well, you've lived in France, so
0: ah, you know, I remember. I know, I know, and I actually visited my old apartment a couple of years. It was an awesome time. Um, so uh, that that like goes without saying, but I think we're at this like precipice where, um, I, th- I well, there's a couple things here, like kids, and you have a young child, so you can you can relate to this more than I, because I don't have kids yet, but there's your child will never know what it was like to have a flip phone i remember the first camera phone that took like like the pictures were like kilobits like it was like 0.3 megapixels you know
1: yeah well dude if the if the cell radios don't change much maybe he will maybe know. I'll put him into that situation. That's, yeah.
0: That's, that would be funny. Cause you could actually raise your child in a tech deprived environment. No, because he'll go to school and his friend will have an iPhone 37 and he'll be like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, so there's a guy I went to school with and you may remember who I'm talking about. So don't, maybe don't say his name, but <laughs> his dad owned a car dealership or a few of them. Uh. Um, and just to be a jerk, he had a pretty decent car when we were in high school. But his dad, like, took knowing how useless his son was at, at fixing things, he just took the battery out of the, out of the keyless entry remote. Wow. And like, you're going to use a key like everybody else kind of thing. Wow. And I just found
0: that pretty funny,
1: and he never fixed it.
0: That's like, uh, <laughs> that's like in uh, – like I grew up racing dirt bikes and stuff like that. But um, my first uh, dirt bike coach, uh, if, you would, like, if you would sit down too much – He'd be like, hey, can, can you come here? Like, I need to do something on your bike. You're like, yeah. And you would stop and get off, and he would remove your seat. And then he'd be like, oh, man. Now you can't sit down. Or he'd be like, you're using the clutch too much. You would literally just take the clutch lever off, and you couldn't use it. He'd be like, now learn how to ride. Oh, wow. It was terrible. Blast, just
1: punch through those gears. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. And he's like, like, you don't you use the clutch too much, you get no clutch. You sit down too much, you get no seat. And like, awesome. I, I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast don't know what it looks like underneath a dirt bike seat, but it's literally just like metal bars. Like you cannot sit down, you would get murdered.
1: Well, yeah, well, think about taking the seat post off your bicycle and think what would be inserted to you if you tried to sit
0: down. It's, that would It's it's so, it's so somewhat similar. Yeah. Wait, mental picture. It's a good idea, though. It was a really good idea. He also did this thing where if you wouldn't look forward enough, he would take a fucking yoga ball and duct tape it to your front fender so you couldn't see anything. So you had to stand up and look forward. It was terrible, but those are like conv- well, like you could do teaches that teaches you tech. how to stand
1: on the pegs and get your center of gravity Exa- down. So exactly,
0: exactly. So like you could do that to your kid in tech. You'd be like, oh well, you know, and just keep like your Motorola Razor. Your kid will never know what a Motorola Razor was.
1: Man, that was a good phone at the time. It was too. a good phone
0: too. Do you remember? And it the, was
1: like the iPhone of its day. It was like it, you know what I mean. Like it was the sexy one. It was the thin one. Yep. It was like
0: it had a camera. It was sort of a, it had status to it. It was probably yep. where Apple was like, yeah, we yep. could we could be that. Do you remember the ads? Do you remember the terrible ads where they would, like, throw it like a ninja star? It would, like, stick into stuff? I don't remember that specifically. I do remember these, like, lame, kind of, like, glossy
1: ads of, like, people in nightclubs just looking (laughs) just, like, uber cool, like, somewhere in, like, New York City or something. And you're just like, I don't know, man. It's a phone. And, like, at that time, right, like, phones were nowhere near as, like, iconic as they are now. So... No. Oh, iconic. I like that. That's a good pun. But, (laughs) hey, it's... uh. Yeah, it's it's now. What the hell is an iPhone commercial like? Or, do they even do commercials anymore? Or is it just billboards? Of they do weird, sad-looking, depressed people on their laptops.
0: No, but I did. I rather like their campaign where they did the shop by iPhone, where they were promoting the camera. Quality. Yeah, like, I love that ad. Actually. That was good. I, that was really good. Yeah, I
1: yeah, I was in the Bay Area that time, so I saw like seventeen of those billboards on my one-mile commute <laughs> every day. It was great.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I, you know what? It's funny because people who don't work in tech. Um, but but obviously tech in, in includes everyone in the world because everyone has a nice phone and like there's you know unless you're on like jitterbug for like fifty five year old seniors you have like well, a if you have a phone. job
1: you're using some sort of technical system like, yeah you know.
0: so like I encourage everyone to watch the HBO show Silicon Valley because as eccentric as it is the core of that show is so much the tech industry like I can confirm that those meetings happen there's always that guy who comes up with like the really dumb idea that fixes it or there's always that person who comes up with a really shitty idea that everyone's like really like god you're gonna say that like it is that is the tech industry without a joke Yeah, like it that's how it, it functions it's very disjointed very disjointed
1: <laughs> well, and it's everywhere like just to go back to my comment like if you have a job you're using tech I mean like if you're surveying construction sites if you're yeah. framing a house uh, you're using drawings like Somehow tech is involved in, in the pipeline of how you're getting from whatever you're doing to a, a finished product or an, or an end goal of some sort. So well, I, sh- it is just a, it's it's fascinating to think 20 years ago how different everything was.
0: Yeah. And we'll think of this like, dude, 10 years ago, no one had a drone. Now, now I, so I have a foldable drone that fits in my damn pocket, and I can shoot 4K video and live stream to Facebook if I want. Like, think of that. Like, that's insane. That's bonkers. Yeah. It's or, just bonkers. Or like construction sites. I remember we were walking the other night. We were on dog walk, and I heard a drone. I'm like looking around, like looking for it. And it's literally, they were making a new building, like an office building by this park. And they're literally flying a drone to 3D map progress so they can say, like, we completed 3% this week. Or like, that's fucking insane dude 10 years ago that was never like that wasn't even a thought yeah
1: there's a whole you know there's a whole sub genre of drone photographers doing real (laughs) estate photography for listings just constantly um
0: it's not that this is
1: news to anybody but it's still it's just it's just crazy
0: yeah okay so i'm gonna go into our first segment we're gonna go we're gonna do some news time i want to talk about some some stuff coming up in tech and then we're gonna talk about i think what you know like what we're getting excited about and like what we're What we want to see in tech. So without further ado, we will jump into news time. This is an ABC News special. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report.
1: It's not a tumor. It's time for real news where we break down the crazy and off the wall news stories that have us saying, oh, my God.
0: That's news time. James, do you love these drops or what? This is your first exposure to these drops. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's you make all those, right? Yeah, I just like sit down and I Google random things. And I, I think most every drop has an Arnold thing in it, too, just because I'm kind of like an Arnold fan, you know, but but yeah. It's I don't know why. I don't know why. But it's just it's knock works. knock. <laughs> My favorite favorite Arnold line of all time. Oh, mine is uh kindergarten cop. Uh like in the first five minutes, he's at this like well Hollywood's version of a rave which is so far off it's ridiculous <laughs> and um he's like this guy's like hey man who are you and he's in like a trench coat and he pulls out a shotgun he's like I'm the potty poopa and he shoots the couch oh god I laugh every time every time I'm the potty poopa
1: It's amazing oh dude
0: I, I laugh I can't, every time I can't honestly remember if I've seen that movie all oh, the way through but I think the podcast might be over I don't know if you're my friend anymore Kindergarten cop. Don't know. Oh my God, James. Maybe I've seen it all the way through. Have Have you?
1: But do you know what my line references to? I'm sure you do. What? Knock, knock? Yeah. I don't know if I do. Really? Yeah. Original predator.
0: Okay. All right. I was thinking. And he just kicks
1: in the door. Yeah. It just. But, I remember rewinding it on VHS and watching the weird like snow rewind and then hitting play and having to go far enough so that the once it started playing it could get clear again. So I could laugh at it thoroughly and then rewind it again. It was wait, Oh man. Because you had to tough. rewind
0: like 10 seconds before cuz you would yeah. get you would get overscanned for like a second or two, right? Like you'd get that right. yeah. That's a lot. But hold on. Do you remember what he says after that? Cuz like three like three scenes after that, he kills someone with a machete. Do you remember that part?
1: Oh, yeah, I do. And he does, he says some other stupid one liners. He great. literally
0: throws a machete, it sticks through the guy's entire chest into a wood pole, which, cause we all know Arnold can and do. And he's that. like, hang out or yeah, something, stick right? Stick around. Yeah. Yeah. Stick around. Yeah. Stick around. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. So the first News Time story that I want to talk about, and, and I want to get your opinion on this, and I don't know if you follow this, cause this is more on the Android side, but there's the rumor that, um, so Samsung has, um, let, let's be straight, real quick. I want to clarify something. I do hate Samsung as a company, but I recognize that that because they've grown so fat, so large, um, and they have so much cash, that they can produce a lot of insane tech for us. And I do recognize that they come up with some some really it's mainly in hardware. But okay, so the rumor is that the world's first foldable OLED phone will be announced next week. And I want to know what you, like what is your thought. Do you, are you excited for it would you entertain owning one like obviously the first iteration is probably gonna be bad but in five years is this gonna be the next big thing in tech like do you think like a foldable phone will be in your pocket in five years short answer is probably I mean we're all wanting more screen size but we all want more pocket space too right
1: yeah you know we, you know palm just announced this like micro like uh, like your surrogate phone or like your, have you heard about this? This It's no. like Palm mini phone. Like, so it's a small, ca- somewhat capable, looks like an original iPhone sort of form factor and kind of also like it's styling somewhat. Um, And the idea is like you throw your SIM in it. It's when you like want to have a phone that can still like, you can hail a Lyft or an Uber and you can do some smartphone things, but it's very limited so that you're not staring at it. And also it's smaller and I don't know. So I guess hmm. you can take it cycling with you or to the beach or whatever not worry about it but it's still 350 bucks so Jesus. it's not exactly like it's a throwaway phone
0: so that um, that reminds me of like what lg tried to do with the sport watch with the sim card in it you remember those so like yes i you, do i remember the ads for that too yeah and it was uh, like you could be surfing and still get a phone call you know yeah i who wants that i, I think like i too think so the, so
1: the answer to your question is i think like These things are both coming out. I'd say the palm is probably not going to be wildly successful, but I I think the folding OLED is definitely going to have, there's going to be things that people think to do with that that probably don't come to mind right away that are going to be pretty awesome. Um, And yeah, I mean, this has been, I think since the iPad came out, people have been like bending screens and people have been getting super excited about it. So if for nothing else, I think people will latch onto it for a while and play with the tech and it'll, it'll pan out how it does, but I'd say it's at least got a, a couple of years that we'll be seeing things come out and they'll either catch on or they won't
0: for sure. And, and there's a couple leaks of like it folding in half and stuff like that. And there was actually a canceled Microsoft product called the courier that I remember was really sick. It was a book and you opened it and then the spine of the book in the middle was actually an uh, OLED as well. And it was like where your, your settings and your app and everything. And then you had like literally two screens and you could like, And then you just fold it up and take it with you. I think it's a good idea. There's another leak where it's gonna like roll out. So like you would put your phone on the table and then just like roll the screen out. I don't know if I like that so much. I don't either.
1: Well, especially if it's gonna like, you know, spring back and roll back up on itself. And yeah. I don't know. That's that seems strange to me. I think folding makes a lot more sense.
0: I think the one place I'm hoping this goes to, and, and I know you're gonna agree with this, is if we can get OLEDs to be that flexible. I hope in the near-term future, we get a flexible layer on the top of the phone, so, like, when you drop your phone, it's not just shattering your glass. You know, like, if if the OLED's available to be a little bit more durable and flexible where it can absorb some impact, it'd be like, okay, that's it. Like, no, you know, like, it's just durability, basically. And, I mean, obviously, that's, your board and stuff is still going to be fragile, but it's like, if that that's the biggest thing right now, I think. That's actually, I think,
1: my biggest thing.
0: You know, I don't know about everybody, but
1: I, you know, I love like how these phones are. I know you rock your phone naked and I, I applaud you for it. But in the world of me and having a toddler and just, I don't know, I drop things like I miss my pocket sometimes when I'm putting my phone away. It's not often, but um, that's how I lost one of my phones I carried naked. you know, it was one slip up. I just barely missed my pocket and it and it, and it fell to a concrete, impactful death. Um, so yeah, I mean, Wrapping phones on both sides with delicate glass that can sustain zero falls is a pretty weird, you know, yeah. proposition. But for now, that's what we have, and so we buy cases. A lot of us, and I would love, yeah, I would love if it was just so light, and there was some flexibility in that in that material that it's wrapped in, that it could just bounce around a little bit. And I don't care if it looks beat up and dented, just you know, retain the uh, the functionality and so yeah. most of the look and feel of it, and that'd be great.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I so I've actually, um, I, I rock a skin now, so it's just like a sticker. So I'm still naked mostly, <laughs> but uh, um, <laughs> uh, but like I, I rock a skin. I mean, I don't, I you know, I I, I think the, so here's why I do a skin, um, and I have no affiliation with D brand, but that's the the brand I would buy if they made it for my for my current phone. Um, they don't. They stop making it because I'm an LG fucking fanatic i have lg fridge microwave tv you know anything they make i basically buy. you're living good i i am living so good so um uh computer monitor everything i own that lg ma- like it's just like insane um but i they don't make one for my phone because they just have such a small market share which is disappointing it's basically like they make accessories for iphone and samsung because those are the two big ones and um, I think the best thing with the skin is just because it gives it that little grippiness on the back, and, and I don't feel like I can drop it as easily. With a naked phone, I feel like I'm just like ah, and then I'm you know, then it's on the ground. Um, but yeah, I I I almost like refuse to rock a case. Uh, I just I hate them, and I know I'm running that risk. And I I have shattered two phone screens in my life, which I think is pretty good. That is, yeah, um, we're tied. Yeah, I mean, for for I mean, you and I are both early adopters, so. Um, unfortunately, the first company that we worked at together, we were forced to use Blackberry. So we used Blackberry for way too long. Um, but it's funny because there was a precipice a couple of years ago where there was almost a time where I bought another Blackberry because both Apple and Android were in a weird space where they were racing to innovate and outpace each other. And I think the consumer suffered because everything just kind of worked. And you were like, Okay, I email a ton, I text a ton. I barely talk on the phone except for conference calls for work and like, you know, quickie like, hey, what do you want at the store? I'm going to get something to eat kind of thing. And I was like, I just want my physical keyboard back because I was getting so frustrated with swipe and everything. I was just like, I can type 100 words a minute on a damn BlackBerry, you know? That was, was
1: why I thought the iPhone wouldn't catch on when I first held one. Same thing. Same exact thing. I was thing. like, this is awesome. And like, I remember the first thing I did, and this is a weird memory. The first thing I did was I phone and i dialed a number manually like why why was that important to me like i dialed so many numbers maybe i did dial more numbers back then for sure especially when we joined conference calls all the time and they had like it's 27 digit code that you had to punch in oh god but typing on it was weird you know at first and i just thought this is gonna and people are like you know their signatures were like, ignore my fat thumbs this was from
0: my iphone and yep People still have sure. that. Pardon the spelling mistakes. This is from my mobile device. That is literally, in tech, people have that as their signature in their email. It's true. Yeah. So, it's you crazy. know, I
1: don't know. I think, um, I think they've proven that it doesn't really matter all that much though. I
0: well, think. and with with Autocorrect, you end up sending dick instead of duck to your Oh man, VP, Autocorrect has almost yeah. got me in some hot
1: water before. Yeah. Um, just like, I reread it luckily right before I hit send and, you know, it was like, one of them was to like a female uh coworker of mine. And if yeah. I'd sent what the autocorrected slaved in, it was a very weird sentence that could have been <laughs> easily <laughs> misconstrued. Could
0: have, so. could have ended you up in HR turning down the Weefies. Yeah.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh I you know it's funny too, is like uh one of my pet peeves is like I'm not uh like everything has to be by the rule and like I mean, you know me pretty well and people know me through the podcast and YouTube and stuff, but like I'm not like a everybody follow the rules guy, but there's certain times where I follow the rules. Like I fucking hate when people don't return their shopping carts. I'm not even going to get started on that. Cause you and I have had this discussion a thousand oh, yeah. times. I oh, will, yeah. I will fit like the other day. This is, this is a little bit of the crazy in me, but I saw this guy, a very able bodied person taking a shopping cart. And instead of walking it literally fucking 35 feet into the cart return, he puts it, he just pushes it and puts it up on this like bush and I roll on the window, and I'm like, dude, the cart return is right there. And he gives me this nasty look like I'm the asshole. And then people wonder why prices of goods go up. It's because they have to hire more people to chase fucking shopping carts all over the goddamn <laughs> fucking parking lot. <laughs> so anyways, on this whole thing, dude, I've got a million of them. Um, I Actually, that's a simple plug for my website. Scotto hates everything. The reason I own that domain is I go on these weird tangents about like people not returning shopping carts. As a joke, and I think you were involved in this, we were literally going to start a website called Scott Hates Everything where I would just produce rants about things people do because I hate everything about normal people sometimes. Um, but that, that's <laughs> normal, where that URL came people. from. Well, you know, <laughs> stupid people. People. The, the people. Ge- the general populace that doesn't think before they do things like this. And I'll guarantee you there's people listening to this pod right now that are going to be like, I do that, and it's just a time thing. And I get it. I do. But they're like... There's certain things where we have to come to a point as a society where, like, I'm just going to walk it back because, one, it's good for your health, just walking. And are we really that lazy? Really? 35 feet? Come on. I
1: mean, depends yeah. where we are in America. But, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's where well, we're at. Well, I'm fuck in fucking
0: Orange County, so they, they'll go out of their way to get plastic surgery. They'll walk farther to get plastic surgery, but they won't return the goddamn shopping cart. So anyway, yeah, it's like that meme of the
1: 24-hour fitness with... <laughs> escalators in front of it and stairs in between them and there's like seven people taking the escalator to the gym and the stairs are empty and that's that's a great it's a great image it's a i think that that summarizes what you're trying to say there
0: it literally is It (laughs) literally i will do a bougie workout but i will take the escalator to do my bougie workout but this again same thing And my work we have handicap buttons uh we have big glass doors in all the buildings we have several buildings in this campus that i work in and every fucking able-bodied person that hits the handicap button to have the doors open for them i'm like are you kidding me you can't. i don't want to touch the door handle it's oh gross my god just open the fucking door okay all right this is anyway. gonna get into a whole thing but anyways one of my rants is um okay it's 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 the does your cell phone crash a plane james when you use it with the cell network on when you're taking off only sometimes okay there both you and i have worked in aviation we know that there's like a point 0. zero to the billionth zero, degree zero, it's like the zero. chance of error there is so slim so fucking <laughs> yeah. slim well but, we
1: have wi-fi on planes now like yeah. in it's, it's occupying a similar ba- you know uh, band of spectrum so for sure
0: for sure but yeah. but my thing is well, like thing can is you so literally not just not disconnect, disconnect from your phone for thirty seconds, do you really need to send one more text while you're taking off?
1: Just uh, I don't. No, and I personally, just, I, I like I, I love getting on the plane and turning off my phone. But exactly. that's me, you know. And I don't fly that much anymore. Maybe if I, if I think back to myself ten years ago, I was like literally jamming out. You know how like yeah. demanding our customers were at some point. Like yeah. I was definitely jamming out yeah. emails every last second before takeoff because I knew I wasn't going to be online for the next – or if I was, it was going to be really slow on GoGo or something yeah. for the next hour or two or five or whatever it was. And I, I was that person. I'm definitely not anymore. But I think part of that is just I've changed my my pace of life and my, my I don't know, my willingness to like be a slave to whatever company I'm, I'm currently employed by is just it's just in better balance uh than it used to be i was you know young and just trying to do everything i could to get stuff done which yeah, you was were pretty futile but whatever
0: yeah you were hungry I, I, and i mean i get it i do I, i'm just this is and this is a weird fact about me i carry uh word searches in my backpack um i fly a lot <laughs> and when i get on the plane i say goodbye and i love you to my girlfriend I send any last emails or anything I need to do for work and I turn off my phone before they even ask me and I take out my word search and I word search. And it's funny because with this reliance on tech, like I'm forgetting how to spell words now because of autocorrect and shit like that because I barely write notes by hand and like, I'm like, this is my time to step away from technology for a couple minutes, do some word search and just keep my brain fresh. Like it's super refreshing to do. And and I think that's getting lost a bit because tech is so easy. You and like think of like and I know they have all these memes of like your fucking cell phone in your pocket is seven hundred and thirty four thousand times more powerful than the computer they use to send, you know, the astronauts to the moon. And it's true. We're literally carrying like I I mean, we're in in and this is just a generalization, but I bet our phone in our pocket is equal to a PC of would you say ten years ago? Twelve years ago? Yeah. It's
1: that close. I mean, yeah. I mean, all you're if you just extrapolate out the display to a bigger screen, it, it's a computer for sure. Absolutely,
0: for sure. I'm using a um, Snapdragon eight forty five with a quad core, three gigahertz clock. You're like, fuck. Yeah, look, that, that's that's, that's a laptop. Yeah, <laughs> literally, that's insane. Well, I mean, you look at the iPad Pro.
1: I mean, the iPad Pro and the MacBook. I think use this pretty much the same board. Yeah, you know, like this motherboard. Mm -hmm. Um, And therefore, like a lot of the same, well, at some point in time, don't quote me on this now, I have not up on the latest versions, but... You know, when the, when the Pro came out, it was it was a laptop and a, and a tablet.
0: Yeah, it so. was amazing. And I mean, okay, so, and, and going back to like, so the big announcements they say next week for Samsung, and this, I guess this is going to center on this because these are the things. They're an, apparently going to announce whether or not they're going to do the solid state battery in the S10 next year, which again, I think solid state batteries are the future. Uh, Fisker's saying he has one. Samsung's saying they have one. I mean, everybody has one and graphene is supposed to be the savior of all batteries, but we've never right. seen it Uh, in consumer tech. You can actually buy, if you go on Amazon, you can buy a graphene battery pack uh, right now. Really? Yes, there are like two or three companies selling them. I haven't purchased one. I think I want to do one just to review it. Uh, The results are very mixed. I think the quality control is very hard right now because it's so new. They do say that they charge very, very fast, but you need to have the current to charge it. So with graphene, uh, they're talking about very high amperage, or very high voltage um, either one of the two and converting it when it hits the pack. So you can actually buy graphene. They're in very small, you know, 10,000 milliamp kind of sizes. I don't know what they're going to use to measure those. I'm guessing it's going to be the same. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, it looks like they up the voltage because I'm just, I pulled up the one you mentioned and you know, it looks like they charge at six amps, yeah. which isn't crazy. I mean, you can get five out of a USB port.
0: No, an iPad's a uh, uh, 10 amp, I think.
1: Something like that, yeah. yeah. And so, but it looks like they bump up to 20 volts for the, the fast charge. So they're just, yeah, yeah, they're creating some overhead there. Yes. interesting,
0: but yeah, they're they're out. Um, but I don't think they're the solid state that we've been promised. I think they're like layers of graphene in a lithium ion. I don't know if they're completely free lithium, I, I don't know, I haven't looked into it, now, but it's there. It and, and we're on this cusp in the next three years, your phone will literally be able to charge in 10 minutes and have all day battery life, you know? Yeah, it's bonkers. We're close, yeah. but That's that, great. But I, think I mean, that's where
1: electric vehicles can really be a disruptor too, but that's a whole other discussion. Oh yeah,
0: and we were talking about, so Fisker announced that his battery tech, which he says will be commercially viable in five years, will charge in 10 minutes and give you 400 miles. That is insane. Uh Yeah that is that would be game-changing don't know if he's gonna pull it off but that's what he's saying so i don't know we'll see uh all right let's go into our next segment so our next segment, you've been through this it's called rapid fire questions you have 30 seconds to answer the question you do not know what these questions are and because it's just you and i i'm gonna read the questions you answer and then i'll provide an answer after you we have 30 seconds so we're gonna go into rapid fire questions excellent It's time for Rapid Fire Questions. 30 seconds. Rapid Fire Questions. That's right, Rapid Fire Questions. That one's kind of Star Wars-esque from the old show, but I'm going to keep it because I like it. And did you recognize the music in the background? Talk about being old. Did you recognize that or no? It's like He-Man or something. No, it's even better. I'm going to blow your mind when I tell you wacky racers <laughs> hannah barbera it is. Saturday morning cartoons hanna-barbera they would put every single hanna-barbera had this huge catalog of like um oh. all their cartoons all different cars yeah yep and each one had a car in every episode they'd have a different like winner in the race and they would like they would sabotage each other and you had like Road runner in this like little speedy car and then you had you know, the guy who looked like Dr. Wario from, from Nintendo. They had like a tank and like wacky races. That is so, that's from like the 70s. But I, like that was on Saturday mornings. They weren't even making those. And I remember being a kid watching that in the like late 80s. Crazy, right? Crazy. I know. I
1: don't, yeah. I don't really,
0: I mean, I remember a lot
1: of random things from the late 80s, but I was growing up on Faulty Towers, starring John Cleese and <laughs> things like that. It was a little different. Well, you, you
0: had government controlled, <laughs> Uh, tv
1: though right it's true actually yeah, yeah. the bbc is is as yeah. a, a government entity
0: and so yeah
1: but I, we you know we had a lot of like i grew up on cheers american some american tv shows were really popular really and so the bbc I would really,
0: pay for that stuff
1: i guess yeah yeah, yeah. Huh. and like I a lot of looney tunes cartoons you know i didn't get the subtle sort of like like I don't know. I guess borderline, well, not borderline. I guess it was just straight up. Some of it was just like kind of old and racist, but it was way, way over my head as a as a six-year-old. Um, I just thought it was funny. They were blowing up the, you know, the coyote and stuff or whatever, but. Yeah. Love um, Looney Tunes. Big Bugs Bunny fan.
0: Um, So it was Hanna-Barbera. Uh, I'm trying to think of um, the cruesome Twosome. Like, I just remember uh, Penelope Pitstop. Like, they were just all these characters that were like, it, it, yeah, and then they would have like, um, they would do crossover stuff. So like Scooby Doo would race in one, and like all this stuff. But it, it was it's broadcast awesome. from um, sixty eight to seven to seventy. It looks like, but then it came back from seventy six to eighty two. So they did a lot of it. It was weird. But then they like, I don't. I, I just remember growing up on it. Like it's so weird. But anyways, I was thinking of like background filler music, and I'm like, it just like came up, and you again. I probably googled like weird TV themes or something, you know. All, okay, anyways. So, first question I got for you. Moving swiftly on. Yeah, yeah. Segway. Um, what was your worst piece of tech you have ever owned? Ooh. Good one, right?
1: I'm... Oh, God. I think what I'm going to say, and you you might hate me for this, <laughs> was my Sony flat glass. TV. It wasn't a flat screen, but it had flat glass. <laughs> was it a Wega? I was like was a convinced I would hook up a computer to it and it would act like a giant monitor, and I'd get like you know decent resolution. And I was sorely, sorely mistaken. <laughs> I think it was going in S video, and it looked like crap. And it was just a TV that I paid a slight premium for.
0: Oh God, S video—the dry hump of video technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what Dude, was that? Uh, it was. It was literally like, and it's so sad because I was talking about this the other day. It was literally going from 480 interlaced. S-Video would go 480p. Ooh. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: yep,
1: Yeah, I think that, that's the one that comes to mind. There might be better ones, but that's the one that jumps out at me.
0: Okay. How about you? All right, so my mine... I'm. So I know this is like a super fucking biased rant right now, but I'm just going to say what I've been having problems with lately, and this is by no means probably my worst piece of tech, but I bought a... Uh, i'm gonna uh, deep breath <sighs> i bought the netgear r9000 gaming router for 500 last year okay and mm-hmm. i have a smart home i have about 45 wireless clients which you and i will argue is a lot but not something that a 500 router should not be able to not handle it's a double negative there um i yeah i see what you're saying though It doesn't. It crashes all the time, and every piece of update they give us is a further step backwards, and when I called them yesterday to tell them that they could take this router and stick it where the seat pole shines, they told me I needed to pay $49 for, quote, the best settings. I'm like, you don't even know what settings I have. Oh, no, but we know it's your settings. Really? Really? Do Wait, you? hold on. They tried to sell you... Like, why can't they just email you a file if it's
1: just settings then?
0: No, because my $500 router only came with a 90-day service guarantee.
1: Okay. 90 well, days. that is a bad customer experience. And I say you win the worst tech uh, round. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's 90, awful. 90, $90. And then on top of all of this, on top of all of this, the guy didn't speak very good English and I'm not trying to like blow that out or anything it is what it is the guy was not very knowledgeable like I got a tier 1 he escalated to tier 2 in the supervisor so I could like tell this guy how unhappy I was and that guy was having a hard time hearing me because they must have been using some shitty voice over internet and it was like oh you're breaking up you're breaking up that was just a clever ploy to get me mad and hang up and then he just <laughs> kept saying you have to pay $49 like what do you want me to do and I'm like I want you to honor the product that I paid a crap ton of money for that's what I want you to do. Anyways, okay, next question. Wow, this is this is kind of a cheap shot. So um, what was your best piece of tech or like the best piece, like the one thing you remember getting and being like, oh my God.
1: It was probably my 2008 IM And the reason for that is at that time I've been you know, they'd just gone to Intel chips, so I was like, yes, OK. Finally. Now these are like real computers, like, yep. or they're, compar- they're comparative with everything else. Yep. And the iOS was just so much better at that time, and that's when you were using a Mac Mini. that was the same time frame, like yep. 2008. Yep. And it was just so many things about it were mind-blowing and it just worked. Yep. So that was my first Apple well, second Apple product. I bought the original iPod, too,
0: the five gig. Um, so that's funny because I I'm kind of split here. Um, I remember when I I had iPods and stuff like that. Um, actually, <laughs> I still love the Zune. I thought it was great. Um, oh, the Zune
1: was great. Yeah, it was
0: so good. It was just like it just missed the mark and it was late. It was it was such a reaction to such a good piece. Anyways, um, I remember I bought a 32 gig iPod. But do you remember they came out with an iPod video? It was still the same form factor. I bought it too. Okay. And I downloaded an episode of South Park and I put it on there and I remember watching it on break at work and I remember holding it in my hand and thinking like, I'm literally holding an entire entertainment center in my hand right now. Like my mind was exploding. Like it was just insane to me, you know?
1: Um, yeah and I love how music was like the the segue into that you know because we were all so attached to our music and and like that tagline that perfect marketing tagline that they said like put whatever the number was was, put 5,000
0: songs yeah put a put a thousand songs in your pocket yeah exactly awesome it was yeah yeah and this was like I remember like I ran like a side business in high school like burning cds for kids who didn't know how to do it and like you would charge ten dollars and you'd be like give me ten songs you want and I'll dom them off of uh, Kazaa, or LimeWire, or BearShare, or um, Napster. Napster. Yeah, Napster. And you were just like, you would sell these CDs. And then, um, the other, oh, we've, we've busted the 30-second thing, by the way. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so the second one I want to say is, I re- and I'm a gamer, but I remember I bought an original Xbox, and I, I played Halo, like, religiously. But I remember I was traveling. At the time, I was working for Mitsubishi, and I was traveling back and forth from Milwaukee, where I grew up, and Chicago, where the headquarters was, and I remember they launched Xbox Live. It was the first real true um, high-speed multiplayer with voice and everything, and the only game that they had was Mech Assault, and it was so boring, but I remember logging in and fighting people and talking shit online, and I remember thinking (laughs) like, holy crap, this is the future. This is my future. Yeah, yeah. Lo and behold, still playing on Xbox. (laughs) Okay, Uh, third question. What would your dream job be in tech? Like if 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 someone if God himself came down and said like I will give you any job you want James, what do you want? Oh man. Makes you think a little bit, right?
1: Well, I guess yeah, and it's well, you know, I I've, I've been at a sort of of a crossroads, I guess for a little bit here and it's it's something I've thought about, not in that context though, not with sort of this ultimate power to choose anything. Yeah. I mean, does it, does it, uh, I, need, uh, okay. I mean, I'll just have to give you an answer before my 30 seconds is over. And I think what that would be would be like, I don't know, have me go, I think it's something similar like what you and I talked about recently was like, here, we're developing high end vehicles that are electric. So therefore, they're tech. <laughs> Cause I'm really, it's really, I guess, an automotive job. But yeah, if my job was to just test drive them and give you feedback, that'd be a great job. Outside of that, and I'm going to go over 30 seconds. I don't care. <laughs> if it was like a true like sort of tech role, I don't know. If I could be, if I, if I had the skill set, first of all, which I don't, but if I had the skill set and could be part of like, I don't know, an R&D group that was working on um, display technology probably. Um, or something with this, you know, and like how we're talking about these, like, flexible displays. I, I've always found displays. I've always been drawn to them. I go to CES, and I have to go check out all the displays. Yeah. Um, I think it goes back to that shitty TV I got 15, 20 years ago. No, more than 20. I guess it was 25 years ago. Jesus, getting old. But it just, that, that gives me so much satisfaction seeing how crisp displays are and, like, how much interesting stuff and the size that they're getting now. Like, you go to a conference center, and you see a... 400 foot width display by like 30 feet high, and you're like, and it looks like it's in 1080p, and you're like, what? <laughs> or 4k, or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, it's that's just mind blowing to me because that pace has just been so fast.
0: Yeah, and from I, mean, yeah, and I, mean, I, I think two years ago, I was um, like, we go to CS a lot, and I think I was at the Sony booth, and I remember them. Everyone, there was this hype about an 8k glassesless TV 3D, and I, I'm. I mean, you know this because we spend a lot of time talking, but I hate 3D. I, think I do too. The, I think it is the biggest bullshit tech that they've ever forced down our throat. Everyone was raving about 3D for like three years and oh, every, yeah. no one IMAX wanted it. IMAX in 3D. It's like, who cares? I'm, no I'm, actually, I want
1: to go back and change my first answer. The worst tech I've ever experienced is 3D. <laughs> is,
0: so. is home home 3D. Yeah, but I never bought it and neither did you. So I no. hated... Th- everything about 3D I thought was complete shit. Anyways... I remember seeing this, and I was like, "What? Like seriously? 8K glasses? I was like, I don't give a shit." And then I walked past, and I was just like, "Jesus, oh, this is fucking amazing!" Like my mind was, because I think the thing was with it had so much clarity, and the definition was so bright. But that's the thing, and they were showing a graphic. Uh, it was like a cartoon, and it's easy because there's harsh lines there. It's not real life you know so it can look so good because you have right. such definition and depth in in drawings but it's not in real life like you can't put real life into 3d it doesn't work but anyways yeah, and
1: 3d cameras haven't quite got it right yet i mean if you're gonna do 3d you gotta do audio. that's the only way that's the only time i've seen yeah sort of an immersive experience like that and it works and when that's good it is
0: scary good oh shit like the hollow table like the microsoft hollow table have you seen that thing
1: I haven't seen that specific one, but oh, I've seen some pretty cool stuff.
0: They're getting so close. They have it so if you wear the the, the haptic feedback kind of, gl- you can like pick up Minecraft blocks and like stack them on holographic 3ds. Like that is next level. That's like Star Trek shit, right? Yeah, um, it
1: absolutely is. And and I and I think that's going to be a, a huge, huge, huge thing that's going to change smartphones too. Just since we're sort of on that topic. Oh, for sure. Because if you're get if you've got augmented reality working well. You may not have to pull a pull screen out of your phone anymore, or I'm sorry, pull a screen out of your pocket anymore. Yeah, um,
0: It'll just be on your watch. But
1: <laughs> yeah, but figuring out, <laughs> yeah, figuring out how you're going to exist in the in the rest of the real world, and you don't end up being, you know, um, what was that movie that just came out in the book, um, Ready Player One?
0: Yeah, you know, it, yep,
1: that's that that that's. You know, I think the, the original Matrix has never rung so clearly. Like that was the only movie I went to the theaters and saw multiple times. Oh yeah, ever. But it was mind blowing when I was fifteen years old, and now it just seems like well, that all seems really, really, really plausible. And that's happened so fast. So, well, and anyway. we were
0: so we were just talking about the last podcast I did was on the Marvel universe, and we were talking about like what was our introduction and like we you know we talking about comics and stuff. But I remember uh, Iron Man one, I saw it in the theater. Iron Man 1 was the first movie where I saw a movie and not a movie with CGI. At no point during that movie did I think, this looks so fucking fake. It all looked 100% real. 100%. And then the, uh, the flip side of that argument was The Matrix 2. I think that is the best Matrix movie, but because the CGI was so terrible it made it worse than the first one. I think it's one of the best sequels ever made because it was better than the original in a lot of ways. The original will still always be the best because after it finished, you were just like, what the hell my mind is Yeah, because it was just so different at the time. And bullet time looked good and stuff. But Matrix 2, remember, like Neo's fighting and he looks like a fucking cartoon. It is terrible.
1: Yeah, he really does. It was yeah, terrible. Like you, you almost like see it's like it's almost like the portrait effect on smartphones now. Like he gets blurry around the edges and it just is like, okay, guys. And it looks was, like animation.
0: There was zero texture. He was a flat image on like the CGI was terrible. And look at Iron Man. Watch Iron Man. It does not look like CGI. It looks like he's in a fucking suit flying around. It's so good. That's all, cool. All the Avengers movies really like. Anyway, so uh, I gotta agree with you. This is kind of a cop-out to answer the question, but like I think um, what, like obviously I would love to work for LG because I just love that company's direction. I think they innovate more than copy like Samsung does. And and I think they come up with a lot of creative solutions to a lot of simple problems that we don't realize we have. And I respect companies that do that. But I think working in the R&D department and something like that where you could dream big and then actually see it come to fruition. Because, um, you know, when we hear a big announcement on like a full-level phone, we forget that there's a team that's been working on that for five years. And the yeah. excitement of knowing that this tech will become reality, like to, to get the chance to work on it, that would yeah. be really cool. Yeah, and like just I'm just to pepper onto that, and it's just it's something that I took
1: away from the little bit of time I spent at Apple. But I got to know quite a lot of people there who worked on the original iPhone. Um and it was really cool that I think we, with the exception of one, none of them knew they were working on an iPhone. Like, some of them thought they were working on new iPods, some of them thought they were working on... Like, they, depending on what, you know, if they were making 3D models, or, sorry, yeah, making a 3D model, like CNCing it, making it a real object, or if they were, um, or doing, like, circuit board testing, or, or you know, environment testing, or whatever they were doing, they just, they were totally in the dark about what it was, and I just thought that was pretty cool, and that, and that's, you know, and that's how they got that out in such a secret secretive way, A, but also they didn't even know what they were working on for a lot of the time. So it must have been so mind-blowing when that was announced. And they're like, wait. I mean, I'm sure they knew before the official announcement, but yeah, up until some point, which was pretty late in the game, they had no idea that Apple was even making a phone. And yeah. so I think that, that is pretty crazy to think about, like the, the hours and years that went into all
0: this stuff. Oh, and think about like, then their mind was blown because they're like, here they've been working on this product forever and they don't really know the product. Then all of a sudden they're just like, it's a fucking phone. They're like, whoa. You know? I want one. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's yeah. Anyways, I was one of the naysayers when the original iPhone came out. I didn't believe that they could pull it off. I thought it was stupid. I was couldn't have been more wrong with it. I mean, I, I guess I wasn't wrong because the first iteration of the iPhone was genuinely bad. But there's always that first stepping stone that gets you. Because the iPhone 3G, I mean, I think everyone in the world has at least touched or interacted with one of those, if not owned one. You know? Yeah. The 3G was, was amazing. Yeah. That was that was the introduction of apps because the first iPhone didn't have apps. It had web pages. Remember?
1: Yeah. And the app store hadn't been like fully vetted. And obviously, that was in the works, but it hadn't come out yet. Yeah, it, um, it didn't. Announced.
0: It, it ran and everything I don't through think, web. And the
1: Wi-Fi was so much less ubiquitous. that it, yeah. Okay, it had Wi-Fi, so that was your real data stream, but most people were only using that at home. They probably weren't even connecting to Wi-Fi at work because yeah. that was more locked down back then and you know, not as open. Yeah, um, for sure. And usually you had to have your IT department put some profile on your computer <laughs> so it would connect or whatever. So
0: yeah. um, it's changed a lot. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. it's funny to think that now in tech, they're just like, like they're not going out of their way to block Facebook and Instagram because they're like, look, everybody needs to decompress. We'll just give you the option because we'll just take it by your word that you're not going to overuse you know, your social liberties or whatever. Right. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, anyway. Okay, so uh, you got two more questions for you if you could have (laughs) 10 minutes later and the 30 second rapid fire round, fucking slow fire (laughs) i'll make a new drop um if you could but this is what happens with tech because there's just so much to cover like when you think about even we were talking pre-show we were like do we come up with talking points and just like no i think we just wing it and see where it goes we have several things we want to discuss but god it's such a broad topic like you, you i could spend 40 hours talking about this um so uh if you could have one piece of tech no matter the cost what would it be
1: like one piece and only one piece yeah just or... like you
0: like you have a blank check and you're in the world's biggest tech store like a fictional tech store that has everything what would you get like like not <laughs> you have to be able to purchase it today if i said james here's my gold card go buy whatever you want what would you buy like what what would be your piece of tech i guess i mean like i you know, I've
1: got a pretty decent phone and laptop, so I think I would go for... I'd go... I guess it's playing on my display thing again. I'd go for one of these new, super badass, bright projectors. Um, oh. I just think it'd be fun for, like, movie night at home, you know, light up a big wall, mm. maybe even, like, mount it into the ceiling. I have, like, some some box area in, in the ceiling of our living room. We could maybe get rid of our TV. It's something I'm not willing to invest in right now because I have a decent TV, and it's just sitting there, and it works. But if I had... If someone gave me their credit card, that would maybe be something I would go pick up right now. That's something that's just... I've, I've been to a few people's houses who have a decent one and like done like a movie night. And I'm like, dude, this is so fun. This is cool. So, and they used to be so crappy. Again, just a few years ago, they were dim. Yep. They weren't high resolution. And now they're amazing. So I think that'd be cool.
0: Yeah, and I think at CES a couple of years ago, I saw at the Panasonic booth, they had a, uh, a laser projector that could literally fucking project through water. And oh yes. remember that and you could they would let you splash and the image yep. it went through everything like it it just it acted they had a whale swimming on the bottom of this pool and you thought, yeah, yeah, whatever and you were splashing and the image didn't move and you were just like, what the hell And it was like yeah. 1080 quality. it was just beautiful on the bottom of this like four foot and it wasn't like a oh, one inches of water remember it was like five feet of water like it was legit. I
1: didn't see that exact... I was
0: at CS this
1: year in January. I don't think I saw that specific one, but I did see a laser
0: projector. Yeah. uh,
1: And they were doing a water thing again, and it was... Yeah, it was legitimately mind-blowing. Imagine if it was on an aircraft ceiling.
0: Oh, God. Uh, Yeah, and there's all those rumors about, like, the clear plane. Like, I don't... I'm good. I don't need Uh to see... I don't, like... I'm not too scared, but that would be, scared, but that'd be I, a terrifying yeah. uh, spectacle if you were flying through a thunderstorm.
1: Oh, it's already yeah. enough with the windows seeing the lightning strikes right there. I don't yeah, know about yeah. that being right yeah. above your head.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Whatever. I think. I think for and and also, I actually at the Panasonic booth too. They had um, a wood table, and then they had a color, uh, touchable screen in the wood. And when you walked up to it, you were like oh, this is cool, but it's just a projector with like infrared tracking on your hands. And then you put your hands above it and you were like, wait, there's no projector. And they literally found a way to take solid objects and project images on top of them through the wood. And it was like, Jesus Christ, like this is like, this is Star Trek shit. Like there's always a moment at CES where you're like, this is literally like blowing my mind right now. You know? I agree. I think I I would want that because I think that would be just like, I don't know. It's hard to say because we interact with tech so much, we get tech burnout a bit. But I think something like that, like I would want that, and I know it's available. Like you can buy a hollow table, but I've always, always, always wanted to build one of those coffee tables with built-in TVs with touch screens, so you can like oh. interact with it. Like I've always wanted that. You could, like you could play Pac Man in your in your
1: like kitchen while you're yeah. having breakfast. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: That because that's what I, mean, I would use. I not that use you it can't for, do that now, but
0: well, not that I would use it for anything good for the human race, I would literally just like look at porn and play Pac-Man or something. (laughs) Uh, um, All (laughs) right. Last question. Uh, What's one item you've bought that was way overpriced and probably like way overkill, but that you're like super proud of like, like nerd bragging rights. What have you purchased that you're like, I don't need this. I just wanted it. And I fucking bought it. Well, that is where you and I, kind of differ i guess because
1: you have you, for you that's a target rich environment for me i don't know i like getting deals on tech like i have bought all my apple computers on refurb you know i bought my tv and it was like a year and a half old because i don't know it's like it was half the price um i you know what i can i have two things and one was i bought a nikon d70 like the week they came out which Boom. was the first digital slr that wasn't like Five thousand dollars. They had a couple before that, like I think the D. I don't remember. Some camera nerds will know, like a D one, D one hundred, maybe or D one. Yeah. Anyway, but the D seventy. I want to say I was nineteen years old, and I emptied that twenty eight hundred bucks I had in my bank account, and I bought that camera. And you know what? I got. It. I. It, it was totally worth it. Yeah. Totally, totally worth it. Yeah um and that was i think at the time that was kind of mind-blowing it was you know people didn't realize how far digital cameras had come already and everyone was still shooting film back then because this is like, four, i want to say when i bought that camera um but that and the original ipad are probably my two things that were ridiculously expensive because i the first ipad i paid like 800 bucks for it but i just had to have it when i saw the tech and at that time it was so pre- relevant to what i was doing for work um and i just loved having my photos bigger and not having to like open up a laptop to show people some photos of you know whatever's going on in my life and it was, and i was heading to australia to see family so yeah. Um, yeah you know those are mine but definitely the d70 was the big expense you know it was nearly like 3000 bucks to a guy who was worth 3000 bucks so yeah.
0: i i so mine um you and I are both audiophiles. Like we're kind of, I wouldn't say we're audio snobs, but we appreciate audio quality. And I think mine was, I remember when I was, I was 18 and I was just starting uh, my automotive shop. Uh, I was flat broke. Um, I mean, I, I was legitimately very poor. I was living on my own in Wisconsin. My apartment was $400 a month. And I think I took home like, 1200 bucks a month or something like i was very very on a strict budget and i remember i got um i don't know if you remember this but like i think it was in the early 2000s when uh, i think it was bush gave out a stimulus and he just basically like mailed out everyone checks for like 300 dollars. do you remember that yeah yeah i thought so- that was a bummer I, maybe it was both it might have been I don't remember but it, but I know Bushed cuz I remember I got that check and then I got my tax return and I had like 1200 bucks or 1300 bucks or something and I went and bought um and you've actually seen and heard them the Sony tower speakers that I had Sony used to have this uh studio quality stuff they called the ES series and I remember they yeah. were so overpriced they were like 4 or 5 or 1000 dollars a speaker and they had one open box and they were basically like buy one, get one. And I bought these speakers and I spent way too much money on it and I still have them. And I remember just being so, so happy about it. You know, like I was just like, I remember plugging them in and re- running, like racing home to hear them. And I just remember sitting at home and listening to music for like hours and hours just be- and I was so happy, you know, <laughs> and it was like that. i did like i should have put the money in the bank i should have put the money towards my new business i should have done so many things but i remember just coming home and being like oh like it just felt so good that's probably a little bit sexual but man, it just felt so <laughs> fucking awesome to come home and just like have this tech and i remember yeah. i remember feeling fancy though i remember feeling like this is fucking awesome you know
1: I do, yeah. I mean, I remember buying like a similar thing, like buying like a decent like Onkyo receiver and some big ass speakers with some huge drivers, and just thinking like, "Yeah, I've made it as a twenty year old." You know, like it's yeah. like that. That was like the ultimate bachelor pad kind of thing. Was a kick in stereo. Yeah, I thought at the time anyway. From you know, for for my liking anyway, but. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's a good one.
0: Well, I remember. So, one thing I was going to say for you, and this is actually like super personal, but just because I know you so much, but I remember the first time I came over to your badass like apartment in San Francisco that you had. Um, we, we you were, could never we were, afford that today. Okay. That place was awesome. Okay, oh, it was amazing. Um, It'd be like 10,000 a month now, <laughs> 10,000 a day. Um, <laughs> we uh, we watched South Park and we watched it on your iMac. Do you remember you had that table? I'm sure we did because and, we watched everything on that iMac. It was a yes. 24
1: inch screen. It yes. was only a little bit smaller than the TV on the other side of the room, which looked like dog shit compared to the iMac screen.
0: I know, but I remember coming over and like like wanting to watch things on your iMac. Do you like? Well, it's South
1: Park Studios had like just launched, and it was free, and yep. like that was mind blowing. Yep. I think at the time that like, a, you know, this was I think before Netflix was either either before they were streaming or
0: they were just getting into it. No, this is when and Netflix so, was. DVDs only for sure because you had a DVD so. drive on your iMac back then fun fact about that iMac I bought
1: it 10 years ago this September just gone um I put an SSD in it about four years ago and then I got then I started working for Apple and I had a few MacBook Pros laying around blah blah blah. we had a kid didn't need the iMac anymore let's put it that way it yeah was just like kind of taking up space at that point so I gave it to some friends of ours who to this day, it's still their main computer in their house. So it is going on 11 years old, and all I've done is put an SSD in it for like 120 bucks, and the thing is ripping on the latest macOS and just works. It's great.
0: Yeah. I have my first uh, music production computer that I bought. My mom gave it to me as a gift. It's a first year, first generation MacBook Pro with Intel chip. The first one they ever made. And oh, yeah. I remember that with the aluminum keyboard. Yep. And I still have it. And every once in a while, I, remember I that power laptop. it on. The battery is completely yeah. destroyed. Um, it only works when it's plugged in. But I still have it, and it still works. And I don't think awesome. I'll ever get rid of it. It means too much to me. You know. Well,
1: I wish I hadn't got rid of the iMac, but it went to some really good friends use a computer. So there, there's that. But I think I was the weirdo who was trying to pioneer how portable that computer was for being such a large capable computer. And I literally took it on road trips more than one time. And people thought that was obviously pretty funny rolling up with an Apple box, the size of an iMac 24 inch yeah, and plopping it on some table in their house. And then just like turn on, turn on music and like playing some random stuff on YouTube. And then people would gather around it and we'd do photo booth stuff and what I mean, like, it just was new and novel at the time. So it was fun. And yeah, now that would probably be pretty lame (laughs) (laughs) to do that, but whatever.
0: I just thought of something pretty good too. Uh, So for everyone in the discord, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to actually post this today. So you have about two weeks. Um, For everyone in the discord, I'm going to post the five questions that uh, we asked for rapid fire or for extremely non rapid fire questions. Um, (laughs) Latent fire. (laughs) I'm going to, yeah, latency issues. Uh, I'm going to post those questions in the discord. Uh, Give us a voicemail, 650-762-8080. Tell us about one of your experiences with those five questions. And then uh, after they're done, I'll edit them into the show so we can hear them. And then James and I will pick a winner and we're going to give something away. I don't know if it's from one of the show sponsors or something, but I think that's, that'll be a cool thing to do for the voicemail. So someone can talk about their experiences. I'll make sure James gets to hear them and, I'll let James pick the winner because he's the guest in the pod. So we'll give you something cool. I don't know what we'll give you, but we'll get one of the like, I don't know if it's gonna be like a rinse kit or something like that or something from LG or Spy or sunglasses or we'll let you pick, we'll figure something out, but we're gonna do that. So, uh, and then I think the following show, what we'll do is- uh, Maybe we'll pepper
1: in some vintage tech too. We'll like look around our houses and see if we have something (laughs) in good shape that you could just have as some sort of, Emblem on, of 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 the past,
0: <laughs> yeah. a Signed emblem of of yeah. But we'll uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do something for the people that listen to, because not everyone's in the Discord. So I, I think I need to make it fair. But on the next show, I'll do something for the listeners uh, that you can that you can win. I'll think of something and we'll do that. But for the Discord, we're gonna do that, and I'll edit in the voicemails. But that's good. I'm gonna finish up with one last. We're gonna do one last segment here, um, and it's the airing of grievances.
1: It's time for the Festivus feats of strength. A new holiday was born, a Festivus for the rest. As I rain blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way.
0: You gather your family around and tell them all
1: the ways they have disappointed you. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. Problems with your people,
0: Best of Mrs. Beck! Frank, no offense, but this holiday's a little out there. So this is the airing of grievances. Uh, I just, I can't not laugh. I have to mute my mic during that one because I actually laugh. And I was thinking this is a really, it's a 54 second drop, but I'm like, I hope people enjoy it as much as we do. The feels is so good. Wow, that just flew by. Yeah. It didn't feel like 54 seconds. Um, so my, my I already spoke about mine. This whole Netgear fiasco I'm having uh, really pissed me off just because I I'm really upset with modern day tech companies Literally giving us the short end of the stick. You 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 put your hard earned money into this, it's a half finished product, it doesn't work, and then they release these software patches that aren't well tested that literally cause you so much pain. So I, I even told you this and we'll talk about it offline because I think it's actually hilarious. I went um with a company called Ubiquity for my new router. It is commercial. I ordered it from that makes sense. A commercial you supplier. Need commercial yep because you're using that many clients. Yep. I went commercial. Uh, it cost me about seven hundred dollars so far. Uh, I need to add one more access point, but I can. I bought a router that handles up to eighteen thousand simultaneous users for my house. Uh, <laughs> it's it's rack mounted. It will be in the server rack in my living room. Um,
1: I love that you you're that you get to have your server rack in the living room. You have a very patient <laughs> lady in your life.
0: Uh, it's <coughs> um, but but this is this is my thought process. Netgear, if they release a piece of software that does not work, what happens? People complain, right? Right. That's it. That's People are inconvenienced.
1: And then they buy more stuff later, even though they're complaining.
0: Correct. Ubiquity is a commercial company that provides commercial internet to large-scale companies. This router was used in the Staples Center as a backbone for the Staples Center's Wi-Fi. If... Ubiquity releases a piece of software that completely hoses the Wi-Fi. They have 10 million plus clients using their Wi-Fi. They cannot. They have a zero-fault release process. Like, they cannot release something that's garbage. They just can't. It would bankrupt them. So, my thought process yeah, like is... <laughs> yeah, Six Sigma. Yeah. Oh, God. If you buy that for your house at $150 or $200 more than you're paying for the Netgear... I literally have, I'm, I'm guessing, five to ten years worth of solid, usable internet routing and access point that I never have to touch with. And, and that's fine with me. I'm at a place where the $150 won't hurt me right now, and I'm just going to do it. And, and so, quick question. Yeah, go.
1: Was there a non-rack mountable option? I mean, I know you have the rack mount, so obviously you're going to go for it. But was there was there an option, or do you have a good option for the listeners that's not rack mounted? Because I think that's a legitimate thing that people want good Wi-Fi, yep, and probably want a commercial ready product, but maybe they don't want a rack a rack mounted solution.
0: So interestingly enough, there is, and the smallest router they make, which handles up to like a thousand clients, is a small box that's actually smaller than most routers. Um, mm. But because it only has two ports, so you would have to go to like a switch if you had a lot of hardwired stuff. Um, but it's 150 and the access points are $120 apiece. So you could literally buy one access point and one router wow. and have commercial-grade Wi-Fi. Literal, I mean, it's the lowest end of it, but it's commercial-grade. Likely way more stable for cheaper than your most expensive gaming router. The only thing I will say is you do have to be pretty knowledgeable in tech because the setup process for this stuff is not plug-and-play. It is not something you're gonna wanna attempt if you've never logged into a router and at least done some static IPs and things like that. Like you, There's how-to videos online and I'm sure you can fight your way through it, but it is not a five-minute solution. It is not at all. Yeah, for
1: that, you probably wanna just pick up a Google Wi-Fi 3-pack or something. Correct,
0: yeah. And I was close. I, I literally was like, we're at the point now where you have to go to a Google-based router for stability because you trust their software testing process but the throughput on their on their mesh system is complete garbage. I'm also, sure it is. Also, you're gonna laugh at this, but um, because also the- I use them, <laughs> but don't
1: care because
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm-
1: everything that sucks bandwidth in my house is is Cat fived in because my house is pre wired. But Ugh, I hate you.
0: I had to use my house is older, so I don't have that. So Whoa. I run a coax network for my RJ45. So I converted my coax to rj 45 or for Ethernet so my coax in my house is all of my Ethernet. got it yeah, yeah. which is what 10 100 right it's not even
1: gigabit speeds oh no
0: it's gigabit is it really oh yeah yeah they've got um, interesting yeah so they can do gigabit for 300 feet of coax point to point
1: i mean that makes sense i guess that's how it comes into your house but i've yeah. just not heard of it used that way because of you know full duplex and everything but
0: it's it's pretty new it's but pretty um new. it to be fair, I've never rebooted it. I've never had to do software updates. It's an adapter, and it just works. And that's the kind of tech I enjoy. Um, but yeah, so so to be fair, one of the other reasons is I have this stupid kind of like bragging rights that I'm going to someday have enough Wi-Fi signal to get Wi-Fi at my neighborhood pool, which is probably four or five hundred feet from my house, and. Ubiquity makes an outdoor access point that will blast Wi-Fi for 900 feet. So one of the access points I've purchased is an outdoor 900-foot range one. And the joke is that if it doesn't give me cancer, I don't want it. <laughs> that was the joke while purchasing it. If there's not a risk of it causing me cancer, and to be fair, there's zero risk of it causing cancer. It's just an exaggeration. But I think it's hilarious that I will literally have an access point where I'm like, I'm shopping at Target across the street and I'm on my home Wi-Fi.
1: <laughs> you also literally don't know if it causes cancer who knows probably not but, no probably not okay but everything does at some level
0: okay so james we're going to close the pod with your airing of grievances what what is one thing Perfect. that you hate with tech give it to mine's me. recent
1: and it's great and it is mine is with apple care um so yes i'm an iphone user and i've actually spoke pretty highly of, of all my apple products i think in, the, in this particular podcast but I have AppleCare. I had AppleCare on my iPhone Seven, um, which recently—not even that recently—I think I started to have problems with it about six months ago, where it would just randomly drop calls. I'd get like a high-pitched whine in my ear, and then the thing would reboot, and then it wouldn't connect to the cell network. This was obviously a problem. Um, and then I went through three or two or three subsequent units of taking it into the Apple Store, and they're like, "Oh, okay, here you go, James. You're under warranty. Here's your replacement." you know, refurb phone. Um, and I've always been a fan of refurb, but there's a difference between refurbing a laptop and one of these very delicate, very small sealed, you know, glued together devices. And I just kept having the same problem. I was still under warranty, but all they were going to hand me back was a new problem. Yeah. And I had to buy a new phone. That was my, that was, you know, they're not, they're not going to listen to that. They don't, they hear this stuff every day. They don't care. Um, I'm trying to like, you know, reason with them, like, come on, this should, I have, I I paid for this warranty, this phone is not that old, it's two years old, surely I can, there's a better solution here than just handing me another phone that has a similar problem. And the last one they handed me, the Wi-Fi would just drop randomly, and then it would reboot. So it was different, but equally as annoying. Yeah, Yeah.
0: equally as debilitating, too.
1: Like, I think they should just make them, you know, like, like we do in a lot of other industries, that you should have to make the product for a certain amount of time especially if you sell an extended warranty on it for a, a decent amount of money. Yeah. Um and there needs to, there should be some sort of some sort of recourse there. You know, I don't think you can go to the Better Business Bureau about Apple. It's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. Um
0: but here's a, here's a little known fact and I just did this with I had I had a uh Sharp TV. Um and a little known fact, Sharp sold their TV business to Hisense, which is another Korean manufacturer with I would never recommend anything Hisense. They are very very poor manufacturer. Um, so when I bought a Sharp TV, I actually bought a Hisense TV with a Sharp label and I, I put a lot of the blame on me because me being so big into tech, I should have known better. I should have done my research with a $2,000 TV. Well, anyways, most people don't know this and I didn't know it either. You can take these companies to small claims. I took them to small claims. Sharp obviously didn't send anyone to represent themselves. Uh, they defaulted to me and I got a check for like $3,800. Wow. Yep. I didn't know. I just assumed small claims court was only for like people to people. Like if James owed me $20 and I wanted to take him to small claims.
1: Well, I thought it was like for local companies or something. Like I wouldn't imagine you, you could take a giant conglomerate to small claims court. It just doesn't seem like they would fit, right? Like giant right. company, small claims court. They don't, they don't add up. That's, that's a really interesting yep thing. I feel like that could be a whole podcast how to, how to hold large corporate entities accountable.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And I, I, ended, so I ended up getting my money back. I got um, uh, pain and suffering kind of like it was like $600 for my time because I had interacted with them so much. They had sent like multiple texts to my house to try to fix it. And I was like, this is impacting my ability to do my job and, and my livelihood. Like I kept having to come home and stand there and watch a repair guy go, yep, it's broke. Like, what do you want me to do? You know? Right, I mean, and, these things
1: aren't serviceable in the field. There's no way. I mean, they, maybe to some small extent, but you're not going to take apart a flat screen and start swapping out boards or
0: no, backlights. They, they did. They swapped. Really? Oh yeah, they took it apart in the living room multiple times. Put they, in they, mouth. They, they, Interesting. No, but they, it was funny because they they had to because the the quality was so poor that instead of just offering you a refurb, they thought we're going to just train. They it was easier for them to train a nationwide group of techs and replace boards than give refurbs because they offered me a refurb. And so after all this, after everything happened, they repaired it like four times. I I escalated as high as I could go and they did the same thing. They said, congratulations, we're going to offer you a refurb. So I'm like, you're literally just saying, here, we're going to take away your problem and give you a future problem.
1: I mean, yeah, not all refurbs are problems, but
0: a lot of them can be, especially with, I
1: don't know. You know i guess it just depends i've had good luck with the computers
0: oh i don't know about i'm with you though that, TVs, that's though. that's why i thought it was crazy because i i'm trying to think i think i've only purchased one mac product new um and the other 15 computers and mac minis and everything have all been refurbs i only buy apple on refurbs because they're just such a good deal and i never ever have problems with them
1: yeah and they have the same warranty same you know.
0: warranty. Why would you? It's saving you twenty percent because Apple doesn't give discounts on anything ever. So I'm big refurb. I love refurb. I'm all in. All in on well, refurb. There we go. Yeah.
1: But not yeah, but not in this instance, and, and that's and that's the way to actually navigate that, I guess. Yeah. I can't believe that's awesome. How, so how much time did you invest in taking Sharp? To small claims court and then was that like sharp of america how did you
0: it was so easy it, it um i went on to a website i think it was called like one legal and downloaded the documents filled them out mailed it in they gave me a court date we went to small claims court um they give the the business i think like three months or something to respond because they can provide a written response and i think most big companies would But in this case, I went, I documented all the times I spent on the phone. It came out to like, you know, 12 or 15 hours. I documented all the repair attempts. I documented um, how much time I spent, you know, chasing this up. And the judge was basically like, look, you have a, like, you've been miss serviced here. Like, I'm going to give you your purchase price back. Um, And then I had priced out similarly priced TVs. And I said, the average price of a new TV is like 3,200. And he was like, all right, I'm going to give you enough money to buy a quality product and your pain and suffering. It, it worked out exactly like I thought it would. And uh, I didn't know this. And a, a fellow colleague of mine at work told me, he's like, you can take anyone to small claims. Like you can literally take Chevy. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how big or small they are. I, I never knew. I never knew. I never knew. So, um, well, there we go. So there you that go. is, I think on that uh, bombshell. <laughs> oh, top gear reference. Had to be done. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Actually,
1: that's a great tech innovation, having Top Gear in my pocket. (laughs) I know, right? Yeah. I love that.
0: It's always like one of those things too, where um, uh, I forget, was it the movie Idiocracy? But they talk about technology becoming so good and they were just like, and then America just used it for porn. (laughs) (laughs) It was like uh, all these great tech innovations and then we just use it for porn, like VR porn, you know? Like it's like, thanks. Um, So uh, anyways, James thank you for coming on the pod and doing this. I appreciate it, dude. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do it again. Maybe. Oh, we're definitely going to do it again. And I think there's no better way than to play out the British guest than with more kinks. So, um, I give you a choice of you really got me all day and all the night or Lola. I don't know any of those songs. I'm sure I'll recognize when I hear them. You really got me for sure. Okay. All right. So you really got me, James. Thanks again for enjoying, uh, google cheat code visa like i said and grab whatever and um we'll post some stuff in the discord so you guys can win and i promise the voicemails will be uh played on the next show so thanks again for listening everybody and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks